There is a space where you are all you need, where you are all you want. All there is is here. Welcome to the Source Connection, conversations about who we truly are, the possibilities of creation and the new earth we are birthing, with your host, Tara Long and Liz B. Welcome to the Source Connection. I'm your host, Liz B, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Long, and our very special guest, Benita Conde, today. Thank you for joining us, and let's take a moment to arrive in this time continuum now. Feeling our physical bodies sitting, laying, standing wherever you are. And if it's available to you, close your eyes. Start tapping in to your other bodies, your emotional body, your mental body, your energetic spaces, Just noticing, allowing. Deepen in the breath, long inhale, long exhale. Letting this moment be perfectly fine as it is. If you notice mental chatter, just observing, allowing. The body is restless, acknowledging it. Now I invite all of you to step into a space of innocence. Imagine that you're going into a circle, 
an empty circle. There's a golden light above your head. It can be whatever shape you'd like or shapeless. And from that empty space, just start noticing everything that is. No need to fix, to change. Feeling the presence of the golden light and how it affects your presence or not. And in this perfect space of innocence, I'd like for us to do four breaths together. It's going to be an inhale through the nose on the count of four, and you can follow me. And then a strong exhale through the lips like you're blowing a big candle. So let's begin. Begin. Two more times. One last time. When you're ready, start coming back to this physical space. You may choose to do a stretch, some movement, open your eyes or not. Mm. Welcome, Benita. Warrior of the heart. Can you please introduce yourself? 
Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I actually just edited that. That's so interesting. Um, I've been feeling the warrior energy start to shift into something more, less warrior, like, <laughs> which has been really interesting. Um, so yes, my name is Benita Condi and um, I have known Tara beautifully for many years now, which is such a gift um, through um, Bentinho Massaro and uh, his groups and programs and various things that we've engaged in um, through his work and his teachings and just briefly sort of my little like nine lives journey is I was a professional ballet dancer originally. That was my first calling and creative pursuit and um, expression. Like from the time I was like three um, by eight, I was dedicated to that and knew I was going to train professionally. And then I did that until I was 22. So I think that can kind of, that gives a flavor of <laughs> like someone's blueprint and, I love being really focused on something like that um, and finding myself through that art form. And then, but then it came to a point where that started to no longer be aligned for me and was not healthy for me, both psychologically and spiritually and physically. And so I had a very like loud, intuitive moment where a part of me said, get up and leave one morning from the studio. And I listened and I got up and I left and I quit that day. And I had been moving my way into like health and wellness in the fitness industry. So I progressed into the fitness industry for a bit. And then I, that kind of burned out pretty quick. It was a bit formulaic and not as creative. Um, and then I found my way into managing small creative businesses and sort of director of operations types of roles, which then led me to the advertising industry. Um, so just from a professional expression and like of service to others perspective. I spent 17 years in that world supporting predominantly creative people in that industry. So art directors, writers, copywriters, um, uh, creative producers of all kinds, uh, designers, et cetera, and in various different roles and worked my way into a position like managing and recruiting talent um, inside advertising agencies. And also um, I spent quite a long time with a recruiting company. So talking to people all over the world about their creative lives. And I just love it. I love creative people. I love especially creative people when they're feeling fulfilled and in alignment. And there wasn't a lot of that happening. <laughs> and maybe still isn't a lot of that happening in that industry in and of itself, the way it currently exists within the current systems and structures of the world, of the universe. So I navigated my way through that for many years, but got to a point uh, about four years ago now where my spiritual journey, which sort of took on some different timing, but was obviously happening in parallel path, um, you know, beautifully created this like catalytic moment where who I was and how I was progressing and like the understanding of myself was no longer in alignment with that system and structure, the way that it works and the way that I saw it affecting people and myself. Um, and so I, as like a little addendum to that journey, I got sober uh, 14 and a half years ago and I was at the 10 year sober mark when this really started to become very clear. I was like, I've been sober and clean and clear and on this spiritual journey and like 
meditating more than I had med- ever meditated before. Like that was really growing in my life, that practice. And that all was really bumping up against this system and structure that I was then operating within. And I had really for years, I think the performative perfectionist doer really was able to play with a lot of these elements within that industry for a long time, but really still looking for that external validation from that system and structure to fulfill some last little part. (laughs) And like, if those people, if people are only listening, like in my heart, you know, in my center and my true self, there was this piece that was still looking for external validation from sources outside myself. And I, when I realized that I'm like, oh, this is the only component of my life that is making me miserable (laughs) and it's creating anxiety. And that like, I'm looking for something in it. That's not true. What, like, what else, what else is out there? What can I do? Oh, wait, I know how to ask for help. I know that I get inspiration from others. I know I don't do this alone. So I hired coaches and they were, it's a husband and wife team. And there were people I knew in my life um, for quite a long time previously, but I saw them shift and expand and change. And they opened up their life and the way they were living and left corporate roles that were no longer fulfilling and serving them in New York city. And there's this, that flavor I wanted and like following my intuition toward that and trusting that like gave me relief and excitement and ease. So I hired coaches, um, started working with them, ultimately ended up leaving that job and taking time. And I've done this at a couple of points in my life. I can, you know, it's not like, oh, I've never done this. I have done it at a couple points in my life where I'd like taken a bit of a pause, but this one felt the most um, like really pushing against limiting beliefs, lack beliefs, fears, the constructs in life, like on paper. And at this point in my life, I had a seven and a half year old son. He's 11 and a half, almost 12 now. Um, and I'm married and have a husband and we're living in Brooklyn and New York city and it's expensive. Right. And there can be all these beliefs about why leaving that pinnacle role, pinnacle place, great salary, all the things, insurance, why that would not be something that you would leave. <laughs> like the mind's like, no, no, don't do that. So not me. No, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Interruptions in the flow of the home. <laughs> um, and, I, and so, but I, I just really felt compelled. And that was just my husband walking in to ask me a question and he was really supportive. So I'm really grateful for that, that I've had somebody on this journey with me where when I shift and pivot, they're like, all right, let's try it. Like you're not feeling fulfilled. Right. We're all happier when you are feeling more fulfilled and we all know that about each other, you know, in our unit, like when one of us is off, it's like, okay, what do, what can we all shift and adjust to support the other? So, and he's an incredible example of that in my life. Um, And I've done the same for him in certain moments as well. He took on all of our childcare duties for the most part while I went back to work full time in that advertising industry. So there's been a lot of like flow and, give and take and support in our relationship. Um, and so I did that. And my thesis, my, my vision, my knowing was love was missing from business. Love mm-hmm. is missing from people's own lives, own hearts, own processing, like truly stepping into or being willing to experiment or explore with unconditional love. Mm-hmm. That idea has shifted for me for a little bit, but 
my company name is create radical love. And the radical love was really that, like I wanted it to, to push an edge and the, in the Christian context, only, I only know this from looking it up. Cause I was like, what do people like say radical love means? Oh, unconditional love from let's say the universe. Okay. And started moving into that and talking to people about it. Like, what if I supported people from this place? And I was taking notes while I was working with these coaches. I now realize that I was planning how I would then work with others. Like it was sort of, I was like learning and training all at the same time um, and going through my own coaching journey. And then I came out of a meditation um, that summer that I had taken this time off. So this was in 2017 and create radical love as an actual approach, as a way of working with people, like my sessions and how my program would flow. And I just started to talk to people about it. I hired a financial advisor. I like in any area where I felt like I had like a cloud or a dark spot, or I was unsure about something for the first time in my life, I felt totally free to like go for all of it. Like cleaning the house. I shifted how I was eating to a way that I was really excited about and preferred at the time. I hired this financial advisor and just like dove right in. I'm like, I just want to see it all. Like I'm not an expert in some of these things. I don't necessarily want to be, but I don't want to feel unclear. And then I shoot my financial advisor. It's the best advice I've ever been given about like business or having your own business. Just said, you don't need a website. You don't need anything to be perfect. You need to uh, register the business and set up a bank account so that people can like circulate <laughs> abundance into you and you can be of service in this way. And I did that. And I ended up having clients um, a couple weeks later and it's been four years now and it's grown and shifted and changed. And I've co-created with numerous others in various ways during this time. Um, but I really, my heart is always really in working with people or businesses quite one-on-one, either one-to-one individually or with a small group um, of like sort of the executive team, let's say, um, with a business. And I love to shake things up for people. I love for people to really take a look at like, what is their true calling? Why are they here beyond the like what I do or what my responsibilities are, how I've maybe been showing up from a more fear-based or like graspy place. And that I find, you know, I was doing this four years ago and now I feel like the world in the last year and a half, two years is like forcing many of us, if we haven't looked at it already, to look and ask these questions and find more alignment with purpose or truth in life. Um, So obviously the last year and a half has been incredibly (laughs) powerful and potent. And um, yeah, I like playing the role of bridge to sort of more of the 3D world and some of these systems and structures that are not serving people, but holding the hand for holding space for those who are like poking their head up going, I think there's another way. And I'm like, yes, come and infiltrating a bit. So that's, that was a lot, but that's the journey. And that's um, my excitement today with it is to really be here holding space and be present for this period of time where it feels like there's so much division. And in some ways it's like been highlighted, you know, clearly so much more and then like playing this bridge role and helping people navigate more into their truth is what gets me up every day. Bravo. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. 
Can I, um, when I introduced you as the warrior of the heart. So let's just backtrack this a little bit. We've been trying to get with Benita since July. And because of circumstances that we couldn't control any of us, we're now meeting in September. And so you mentioned that since then, that has shifted for you and you're feeling a different kind of embodiment with that. So would you like to go into that a little bit and just touch into it? Yes, absolutely. And I couldn't remember what I wrote, what I changed my Instagram profile to, because that's where the I was on a call with some other very multidimensional beings who are very inspiring to me. And this, this just hit me super hard. I'm like, Ooh, the warrior energy is like leaving. That's fascinating. And so I went right to my Instagram bio where I knew I had that and I changed it. And so now it says translator and bridge of the heart, which is so funny because I was just, you know, like I didn't realize that that's what I had written. And that seems to be the theme that's really coming through right now. Um, It can be a bit of an exhausting role. I'm definitely <laughs> feeling the like need to like take care of myself a lot, do a lot less mm. stuff that's distracting or um, not totally in alignment so that when I do play this role that I enjoy so much and I'm in these types of conversations and holding space for and support of others in that space, that's great. I can like give it my all, but anything else that's even feeling like slightly like out of alignment was maybe interesting before, but it's not now. It's like, it's all falling away. And so I think that's that warrior piece too, that's falling away is I'm no longer feeling like Mm. I'm still recovering from the shoulds, you know, and really being mindful of like, where am I doing something just because I guess I said I would And so I feel some sense of responsibility or from a place of integrity, I should just continue. And Mm -hmm. where am I like, yeah, no, I think in the last week I've unsubscribed from almost everything (laughs) that's not in alignment. I've been like, no, and other things and other groups and things that I'm involved in are sort of evolving and falling away as well. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Such a cleaning house time, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It really is. And, And for many. Yeah, and all the ways, all the levels. Um, Benito, we, I mean, gosh, there's so much we could talk about, right? Because we know each other so well, but (laughs) Um, I wanted to dig in a little bit more. You you talk about, and even when we talked just a few days ago, you were talking about the major shift now, like even in your business, that feels like it's happening. And of course, that may be too, too, too soon for you to talk about these things, but how so you came from this corporate world and shifted into this like heart-led world but still there's like the um some of those structures kind of following along right like okay this and then the mind and this and then that and whatever and now it seems like at least on the outside you're feeling a sense of like okay it doesn't actually have to be any of those ways which of course I know you know anyway Mm -hmm. but what is that feeling like for you and do you see um yeah. What do you see or what do you feel happening for you going forward? Yeah. Or in this- <laughs> yeah. It's definitely in this moment and you are absolutely right. I don't know too much right now about kind of like the, like a way I could describe like, Oh, the next iteration looks like mm-hmm. this or really be able to describe it um, or the modality or the format that whatever it is might take. But what I do know is that in the past when I would feel this kind of moment emerging, right? Like a sense of 
uh, an inhale is like the best way I can describe the physical sensation of it where you're like, oh, there's an inhale happening before the next like creative exhale is that in the past, it would have felt much scarier. Like four years ago, when I went through this, there was a lot of fear and there was like a lot of limiting beliefs that just through finally releasing and surrendering and taking time, they just sort of slowly started to fall away. This one has felt much more um, like, oh, I know what to do, (laughs) which is such a gift. And I'm so grateful. And within a matter of days, um, there was like a very catalytic experience that made some of this very clear for me. Really, just like I think it took two or three days for me to go to my husband and say, I think another one of these moments is coming. And based on like how we structure things in terms of our financial abundance and flow and support and what's available to us. Oh, I hadn't been thinking about this other way we have available to us. And we might need to tap into that now because I'm, I'm, I might not like drive things forward the way that I have been. So it's in this moment, it's really looking like acceptance, mm-hmm. a pause, except certain things are still moving and that feels good. And that too, like not being so black and white about it. Like last time I really needed to like make a big full shift and that was absolutely perfect. And it's what was needed. This feels more like an evolution, but not um, like I'm not, the mind is not holding on to it needing to be something already. And like this versus that, or, or trying to like make sense of it so much. So like all day today, all of this stuff was rolling through like in two different groups I'm in and yeah, again, unsubscribing from more things and (laughs) things I had on my like list of might take action on today stuff, shifted it all, moved it all, you know, had the conversations I needed to have that were really rising to the top that are showing that things are moving through and clearing through, right? It's like, okay, that's showing up now. That's where I'm going to spend my time and my attention. Oh, I thought it was going to be here today, but nope. Totally. And I'll move that as much as I need to until it's relevant and then it will be taken care of. So trusting in that process is what feels very different this time. Mm -hmm. Um, And like not even having to answer you in terms of like, oh, how can I describe? I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? Literally right now. Yeah. I don't know. And that actually feels fun and exciting. Mm -hmm. And I can say like four years ago, that wouldn't have felt fun and exciting the mind you know is doing all the stuff where it wants to label and every time I do that I see that happening I'm like oh take a breath oh go do something else I went and walked in my backyard for a little bit and realized I was hungry at one point Mm -hmm. totally wasn't connected to that and I was like oh eat I took a shower I find showering (laughs) I find showering so incredibly powerful for shifting yeah. Water. You like the showers too. Was, yeah. The water. Right. I mean, amazing. We know the healing power of it and yep. just like it's accessible and it's right there. Something too about there's a different experience for me with baths versus showers and swimming and all those things, but there's something about the showering sensation and experience. So I, those were ways I spent a good two, three hours of my day today in and amongst all of this other stuff like processing mm-hmm. through. And so like, that's the process. Yeah. It's like not even it's, an actual process, but it's like, that's the way in which it all seems to be flowing through right now. Yeah. It's that spont- spontaneity that comes with full trust 
in yourself in the moment, right? It's just like, yep. don't need to know. Don't need to know in the next hour. I mean, unless you have something scheduled or whatever, you know. But yeah, it's just that full like embodiment of trust in self and not having to have an answer or even know what outcome is or that this is the time. We're all coming more and more into that. And that all is honoring like that and and the love we've been talking about. But when something pops up like, oh, my body is needing this or, oh, I thought it was going to look like this, but now I can really feel that it's not like if I forced myself to do that thing, it would be forcing and it would likely not. I would not be as clear in what I was creating or communicating. Right. And like really like, oh, I'm honoring where I'm at rather than the critical self or the other, you know, conditioned parts of self coming in with the shoulds and all the other reasons why we might still push through and do something. And to your point here, there's certain moments and my son needed me to do something quickly. I of course ran downstairs, helped him with what he needed. You know, it's not, it's within integrity that we do these things, but the playing with those nuances, like how much can I honor myself today and create flexibility, show up for what's really rising to the top mm. and what else can fall away. And every time I do it, it, I can't tell you the timing in which it happens, but like something resolves itself. Something is easier, more financial abundance flows in, even though that wasn't where I was like, actually the less I purposefully focus my time and attention on that from the old models, the more it suddenly seems like it just appears. Yeah. So yeah, it's such it's a dance, which I love. <laughs> yes, going back to the dance part. Um, yeah. When I was listening, I was feeling when you were talking about the first time and the first process of surrendering and really allowing yourself to go through this journey and then going from that position into facilitating that for others. It's almost like the gift is in the, isn't the issue and how do you I'm trying to formulate the question but I guess what I'm trying to say is what do you find are the biggest resistances like from your own experience and then into coaching others through this Mm -hmm. process of surrendering and, and being in tune and this intuitive notion of what it's needed and when to pause and all of that The, the word that comes to mind, right, but this takes on different forms for each person and for myself is really just the mind. <laughs> the mind is really the only obstacle and like what we might have in it, right? So whether it's, you know, what's stored in our subconscious based on experiences we've had in the past that lead us to believe we are X, Y, and Z, that then those labels are likely ultimately limiting, and then, and then how that is connected to sense of self in relation to like safety, security, and, and like fear of survival, yes. I, like everything, like to me, I always say, and I, this is super shorthand, so I'll explain what I mean by it. But when I'm working with people, especially who are like working full time and more of the corporate world, they know the minute I say like work or no work and death is mm-hmm. there's this real like tight relationship to any ideas in the mind about um, professional identity, where income is coming from and the amygdala, like 
yep. real survival part of the brain. Now it's like in our modern world, it's no longer about being chased by, you know, predator. It's uh, like how one generates income yeah. and the relationship to that or the construct of money, however far you want to kind of blow that out, though that now has become linked to survival in the amygdala. And so there's just like, oh, who am I professionally? Am I making enough money or am I going to die? Yeah. <laughs> and I find <laughs> it's the, a quick the, jump. <laughs> but, that, it's, but it's like, that's really, once you start to unpack the limiting beliefs, it usually comes back to some, some for everybody, the nuance is different. It might have taken on a more spiritual aspect and a sense of enoughness and like, mm-hmm you know, relationship to sort of like the afterlife for some, but that's really still interconnected with like life and death and mortality for others. It's sense of responsibility. And um, again, that's very much enoughness, but like, what do I need to do to be seen, to be showing up, to do all of the things that I was like, was modeled for me that one would do sort of to be a good person that those can get, interconnected with one another really closely and be quite confusing but it really it just comes down to like enough (laughs) and all of the specific beliefs that that might entail for any individual and like survival wow yeah yeah that makes so much sense yeah Mm -hmm. yeah especially now (laughs) oh goodness Right. It's, it it's all, all just been this. magnified for people. Yeah. Right. It's like times a million. <laughs> like you were afraid of dying before. And now it's yeah. Yes. Tara and I did a whole talk on toilet paper at the beginning <laughs> of the pandemic. <laughs> we because did. we had this wonderful conversation where we were like, I think the hoarding of the toilet paper is actually people afraid of dying. Yes. And those are kind of the connections we're making here in this conversation, right? Like if you really play with this stuff and you're interested in it and you kind of want to understand how you work as a multidimensional being, right? Like mind, body, spirit, and the various different aspects of like, let's just call it the universe. And then you look at like, wait, why are we hoarding toilet paper? Oh, because we're afraid obviously of like not having what we need and comfort and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately that's an extension of mortality, yeah. Yeah. I think our talk was labeled, you know, the fear of death and toilet paper hoarding or something, you know, <laughs> something like that. Seriously. That's it. Like that is, you can make that leap for, you know, for everybody. And the, the rub is, or the fast, fascinating thing to me is that the minute we're born, we know we will, the body will cease to exist at some point for yeah. everybody. <laughs> so it's, like not really a spoiler alert that that is going to happen. And yet there's so much fear on it. You know, it's this mortal thing that we have. And of course we've talked a lot, even Liz and I have talked on this podcast about fear of death and what's underneath that. And, you know, it's multi-layered, but yeah. Yeah. Very layered based on each individual's like the messaging, you know, anyone has received around what that is or what it is and isn't and all the things. Um, yeah, it's most, everything comes down to those core, that core fear, quite honestly. And the piece that I've found really highlighted, especially in saying this last month, um, which after talking to a couple of other people today and just various different, like cosmic references in terms of where we are astrologically, it makes perfect sense. But 
with like lots of emotion coming to the surface and lots of clearing happening relationships. And then it through this lens of which we are operating in the last year and a half relationships. And um, I think there's like a dual desire. There's like a, or a dual like process happening where there's lots of clarity and intensity happening around relationships, like sort of like who's aligned for me and who's not in my life based on just like where I'm at in this moment and my truth. Right. And we're all having to choose and be clear, clearer and clearer on our truths in every moment. But then that means like some relationships aren't going to stay as aligned and we could have maybe like faked it in the past and that's not happening as easily right now. Um, Which I think is ultimately a really good thing. But then that fear of then losing these relationships that, again, to certain parts of the brain indicate safety and security, right? Mm-hmm. So if like my relationships are shifting, vulnerability is being created in that like social fabric part of being human. So I think that's, for me, at least that's what I've been seeing in myself and lots of others specifically in the last month in relation to like obstacles or barriers, right? Is like, whew, I'm seeing, you know, a new curve in the road or, you know, some new element developing for me. Oh, but what will it mean for my relationships? And like more of that than kind of has to burn through before either there's like a resolution or a more clear step forward or a shift. But that also speaks to that like fear of death or fear of being alone, fear of not being safe. Totally. As you were talking, I was thinking that too, like, just the fear of losing its ultimate self, right? Because that feels like a death of a part of you, of something that symbolizes something to you. I'm going through death process right now. My aunt um, has given a certain amount of time to live. And it's so beautiful to, first of all, have that opportunity to know that it's coming. I know that oftentimes in life, we just it just hits us hard and we don't know where it came from. And with that comes also a big responsibility. And ultimately, it's the recognition of our own death. I feel like the death processes that I've been through with my own parents and loved ones and all of that. And every time it's that deep acknowledgement that, wow, it gets closer and closer to my own timing. Uh And I did a post recently that highlighted that, that I was in meditation, um, driving because I'm driving and I'm super connected. And a lot of times insights will come at that time if I'm really tapped in. And the message that came through was that death is life's guru because it it teaches us how to live. Right. And we've distorted that to something that keeps us in bondage yes, and, in, and imprisoned. And what I hear you speak is that you're helping people break those shackles and just reconstruct those ideas about who they are in relation to those things, because we will fear and we will be faced with things that are not comfortable. And how do we still manage to do it? Yep. And become the version of ourselves that we're most aligned with and mo- most excited about. Because as you said, in your relationship with your family, like, you know, that if you're happy, we're all happy. And that's the same thing for the world. 
And so when we recognize that we have that kind of responsibility with ourselves, because that translates into a brighter world for everybody. I feel like that's the cherry on the ice right there, that it's like always, as we always talk here, self-sourcing, yeah? Yeah. And, and asking for help. I love that you brought that too, like knowing that there are people at moments in your life that are going to be completely, perfectly positioned to help you navigate those moments. So I think we're shifting from that mentality of we have to figure it all out. Yes. Into this more communal, vulnerable space of asking for help and admitting this is really hard for me to do. I need some support. I need clarity. Like you said, I don't need to master this, but I want to be clear. And that to me just. Hmm. That that learning has been one of the most powerful, like aha moments in my life ever. And I like, always express a ton of gratitude to my recovery journey and my sober journey because of that prior to surrendering. And I ended up going to rehab and I went to my the company that I was working for at the time at like eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning after being out all night and saying, I can't do this anymore. And I need, please company where I work. Can you take me somewhere today? Like, can you figure out where I can go to rehab? And in that process was the first time I used the, and I use this so broadly and so loosely, but just like the idea of prayer, like of conversation with something other than myself. And I was just talking about this moment with somebody else. It feels very fresh. And I hadn't done that since I was a teenager. I, I had distanced myself from any conversation, flow of energy, surrender. And I had for years believed like I had to figure it all out on my own and I have perfectionistic tendencies. So you put those things together and like the vice grip of that is so unbelievably intense and obviously led to things like experiencing and being diagnosed with anxiety and depression and medications on and off and therapy and, you know, all those things to try to understand it and navigate it. But when I really look back now, it was so much like self-will run riot, like just me by myself thinking I had to do it all myself. And that was just all beliefs that I had like accumulated over time that I thought were my truth and they like worked until they didn't. <laughs> and that's the amazing thing about when we bump up against catalysts and circumstance that show us, you know, that allow us to surrender if we're willing. Oh. And then in that moment, I was immediately, you know, within those 24 hours, I was basically immediately introduced to a community of people who were like, well, we can help you if you want it. Oh, oh really? <laughs> this is a thing and people just show up and like don't even know each other and in various different formats, you know, and help each other just purely based on like sort of the singleness of purpose and that understanding that concept and then community. So then immediately you're experiencing community that has some like has a container around it. So it's relatively safe. You still have to navigate that container. But like that, I did not understand what the concept of community. Like I was lit, I lived and was raised in a community and we showed up and we did things for each other. Yes, but it was still quite performative mm -hmm. and competitive. Mm -hmm. And um, 
like doing it because other people did it on some level. Some of it was very genuine, but there was just really an aspect of like, like doing the right thing because other people do it, not really like surrendering to and engaging with community. And so for me, it's just been 14 and a half years of the, just like that continuing to evolve in various different forms and formats and groups and trying different things to really see because community is tricky. <laughs> People are tricky. (laughs) (laughs) And I think there's an interesting dance happening right now. I really feel between like, right. I love using that word. Um, Self-sovereignty, understanding the truth of yourself, connecting more with like who you really are, what you want, what you need, what you desire, how you can then be of service to others. I really like to use the word integrity and engagement with all of this. It doesn't mean then, you know, being awful to the people around you and doing that. Right. Cause what I just described can sound really selfish and that's actually like totally the opposite mm-hmm. that experience. And then in that, and from that experience, how do we then engage with others? And I don't, I mean, this is just my like sense or my um, experience most recently. I think it's, going to need to be in much smaller groups. (laughs) I don't know. There's something about this like large global, you know, just what can happen when that sort of like the energy and the flow and where power lies and all of that. It it just, that doesn't seem like it's working. (laughs) It doesn't work very well. It doesn't seem like it's working. No. I I love that you said that because I think that we're being shown that to reimagine and access what truly it means to be a very powerful, potentialized human. Mm. I used to dream about saving children in Africa when I was a teenager. I was going to take care of all the orphans. Mind you, I come from a third world country myself and I had children all around that. <laughs> oh, I needed Africa and I needed to save the children somewhere else. And that was a big project, right? Because I needed to be seen a certain way and I needed to be experienced or, you know, minded a certain way. And all of this time that we've been experiencing, personally for me, it's been showing me the power of localized action, of personal community. And I... The other day I told my husband, I said, you know, community is immunity. And he was like, wait, wait, did you just make that up? And I was like, I don't know. But it was so clear to me that we're being offered something that is making us realize what it is that we really want. Mm -hmm. That may not be what we're being offered. Yeah. So in different moments, I think we're all coming to the realization that We have this big world that we can tap in literally on our fingertips. But somehow we're still disconnected from what's happening right in front of us. And I think that a lot of us are being called to come back to that, which is first to come back to self and be in connection with your own machinery and your own embodiment to then extend that to the people who you choose and choose to be in your kingdom. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Beautifully said. Yep. I'm experiencing something similar. Thank you for that. Um, Yeah. This community aspect, uh, first of all, to the, to that was always something that I grappled with as well. 
um, the past many years was this, is it selfish if I'm fully tuned into myself and just doing what's calling through me? And then I realized what's calling through me is the highest and best for all. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's, so you can't have, it's not, you can't have one. Oh, I'm little me selfish over here because it's not coming from little me. It's coming from, no. it's coming through me. Right. Yep. And then the community aspect is I, I was talking to a friend the other day and, you know, she's kind of um, coming to terms, if you will, with world events externally. And like, what does that mean for me? And right. It's, it's, not out of a fear place, but out of a awareness place and preparedness place. And, and she was like, I guess the only way to go, like, if you're not going along with everything right now, then it seems to me the only way is to have community <laughs> to, to survive these times. Right. And I don't mean that in a doom and gloom way, but to come together. And so locally, and, and even if you're not totally local, right, you can have your, your community, but like, so we're given the opportunity or the offer, as Liz said, for a few different things. And we get to choose what we want. What is it that, that we really, really want? And it is something that, um, Benita, you were talking about how you, you know, um, gathered all these beliefs of I have to do it myself. And we're really conditioned from the moment we're born that it's absolutely not possible. You will not survive. If you're just looking to yourself, it's, it's impossible. You can't do it. No one can. You have to depend on the system, right? And so then that puts us, and of course, collectively, we've created all that. I'm not fishing out blame here. Um, but this is the offer now and the opportunity now to really come back to ourselves and like, do we want that still? Or is this, that's what we talk about all the time here. So that community is immunity and it's survival in a, a thri- thrival. <laughs> That's not a word, but it's thrival. I love that made of word. Like, yeah, it's thrival, baby. It's thrival. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And oh, also, I know that we can all speak to this here. When you talk about coming from that place of integrity and alignment with yourself, it's not as easy to bump into opposition that feels threatening or offensive or even when you are faced with the opposition, it's something that supplements and complement complements what's going on. Yep. I don't know if I'm making myself clear. Yeah. And no, so it's not it doesn't feel selfish in any way. And it's generally not received in that way for the most part, because there's an energy to it that's presented. And even if whoever it is on, on, you know, the receiving end of that um, cannot mentally tap into that, there is a certain part of a connectivity that happens that then calls that other being into their highest version of expression. Not to say that we don't face opposition and, and conflict and all of that, but there's a different energy to it when you yep. are embodied in that integrity. Mm. Yeah, when you can, and this has taken time, you know, and practice and um, state shift, you know, like understanding shift, like, oh, I'm going through this thing. Maybe it's some opposition or it's some internal 
um, uh, processing of something that feels like suffering or discomfort or whatever. And I can't see, like, I always think of it as like a dark corner, like you're turning like a dark hallway or something and it's a curved hallway and you don't know what's on the other side. And in the past, for me, that would create a lot of fear, right? Like, I don't know what it is and my mind's trying to figure out or I'm trying to navigate or negotiate what somebody thinks of me. And now while I'm in that, while it's still there are certain parts of my human experience that are super uncomfortable when that happens, there's a, a reminder that comes in quite quickly now that's like, but what is this perfect for? Or this mm-hmm. is actually for something or you don't know what is coming on the other side, but usually these like, suffering kind of like mucky, you know, kind of like swimming through the darkness a little bit moments. Oh, wait, every time there's been one of these in the past, something pretty interesting is on the other side. (laughs) And it just takes going through it enough times from that perspective to like catch it while you're in it. And if you can catch it while you're in it and have people around you, I have, I have like a very large, robust, I call it my board of spiritual directors, like my spiritual board of directors or like my personal board of directors. I've got these wonderful resources of other beings I can go to when I know I'm in that place. That's like so much in the person that I'm just like sort of believing whatever kind of the suffering is in that moment who can point me to like, but remember like something amazing is probably on the other side of this. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Of course. I know that to be true. I've experienced it before. Right. And then that's rewriting those limiting beliefs of the aloneness and the like, oh, this is going to be this way forever. I think the mind can get attached to that as well. If we've experienced suffering in the past and we're afraid of any future suffering, all of that. And Tara, one thing I just wanted to comment on was you just highlighted a new paradox for me. And I love paradoxes because like, that's where the truth is and like being comfortable with paradox. Right. And like actually not being able to totally explain things. I love And Tara, you just called out a whole new, so I hope I can communicate this because it's like a new like realization that's emerging right now is there's like this conditioned version of independence and aloneness and individuality, like individuating to the point that you feel isolated and alone and you need to do things on your own and like figure things out for those who are only listening. I'm doing air quotes. Like there's that version. And then the paradoxical, like other side of that is this reconnecting with the truth of yourself, mm-hmm. which is really your own, your only source, your foundation. Like the irony is that you really only do have yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and no one else. And you really don't. I mean, yes, for the ways in which we operate with a multitude of beings on this planet to, for the most part, to cultivate food. And even if we were just bartering or whatever it was, we'd like ultimately need others to survive for the most part but that like the truth of our experience and all of that can be realized with I would say less suffering or in the most grounded or most productive way I like that word productive lately (laughs) connected to truly just ourselves our true self our ultimate self our higher self our connected source self (laughs) And like, that's a fascinating paradox. It's like the, the two in one, it's a different version of it. It's not that lonely, isolated version. Yeah. 
Amen. And it's so rich and it feels so full. Yeah, it does. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that, Anita. Um, so we're coming to the top of the hour, but uh, we like to ask this question before we sign off with folks. And that is, well, after that, let us know where people can connect with you. Sure. Um, but what do you feel most excited about? that we are seeing now in this sort of shift and new paradigm on this planet together? Hmm. I'm going to take a second because there's yeah. like so many hmm. aspects and I feel like a new element of gratitude for all of it is currently brewing for me right now. Um, I would say at the beginning of it, it was very much just like the opening of the the can. <laughs> I just felt like very excited like a year and a half ago about like sort of like the opening of the can of worms that I could just really see happening. <laughs> and really it made me so excited. Like I had to temper my excitement with people who were experiencing a lot of suffering in the early months of the pandemic. Understandably, like to meet again from a place of integrity, like meet people where they were, but like inside I was like mm. jumping up and down constantly like just <laughs> riding this incredible wave of excitement and it's still there, but it's different. It's got a different flavor to it. And I think that that is just honestly that I'm here in a human form as well. And I'm, I'm tired from a lot of it. And like this, my spiritual ego wouldn't want me to admit that. So it feels good <laughs> to say that, like, <laughs> you know, it's felt really heavy. Um, I'd say since July. So the excitement feels different. It's still there. I think what I am most excited about is this continued, which is so funny because like, it's like I'm excited about it and I'm also really tired from it, is this continued churning where people are being asked to continually over and over again, even though it's really hard, try to or being asked to or being invited to by all of these circumstances, know more of who they are. And if that ultimately leads to more division and more challenging things circumstantially, like there's a part of me again, like the amygdala, <laughs> the like tactical mind part that's like, oh, what's that going to be like? But the most expansive part of me knows that that's absolutely necessary. So I think it's so, it's so like double edged. Like there really is a part of me that's like, oh, I'm really tired. And then there's another part that's like, I'm really excited for this just continued churn. It has to happen. I mean, we are we are not stopping this consciousness rising shift that's happening. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of momentum. And the paradox, as you spoke, is paradoxical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Benita. Thank you so where can, much. Where can people connect with you? Um, yeah, the easiest way, the most straightforward way is my website, which is createradicallove.com. And there's um, a contact form there. And you can just reach out to me if continuing the conversation around any of these themes is interesting for you. I love, I could talk with people about this stuff all day. It's really actually what I do. Yes, it sure is. <laughs> talk about this stuff all day. And the other stuff that's not interesting or relevant or rising to the top, that, that moves away. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It just falls away. Yes. It's simple. It's so simple. 
We say that like every single episode. At some point. Yeah, and we all, I told Tara, I said, maybe we should change the podcast too. It's so simple. <laughs> and, and, or make t-shirts that just say it. Yeah. That, yeah, that, may be so it. that might be coming. Yeah. 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 Simple, uh, simple things or simple experiences for complicated beings. You know, yeah. it's like, there's a whole yeah. other paradox in that too. That's so many. Yes. Yes. Thank you, my darling. Thank you both. 